Welcome to the Three Inning Save Podcast. Eric Steven, Jacob Birch. Name of the episode is Two and One. Dodgers are, you know, pretty good, you know, winning on the road against generally really two really, really good teams and offensively looking extremely impressive in doing so. Uh, there is, there's an issue though. There, There's a bit of an issue. Like you said, they, so they want this last week, they won two series against like two of the three best teams in the American League, both division leaders. And um, I would say right now the Dodgers are running like DJ Scat Cat is, um, is managing the team because they take two steps forward and then one step back. So now it's a, ma- it's a matter of seeing which opposites attract at the trade deadline. To see it, does, it breaks down once yeah, you get to that part. Pretty but quickly. Either way. Paula Abdul is a guest on today's podcast. We should have mentioned that. That's not is she? That'd be great. No, that would be pretty great. But so we'll, sadly, we'll break down what the what the possible options are to to write the starting ship. Talk about the offense, which was really really good. Got questions from Craig after this. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one of a kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Is this, we're going to do one more episode right before the deadline, right? Yeah, the so it's weird because so the, the deadline it, it's 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 like nebulous now. I mean, it's they know it each year, but like it used to be like July thirty first. That's the day, no matter yeah. what day of the week. But now like MLB has some leeway, and like so this year, I th- I forgot the the range. It's like I think it's like the twenty eighth to like the August third or something. But uh, this year it's August first. So, but for the Dodgers, right? Like we record on Sundays, and um, that's the thirtieth. This coming this next week. Yeah, I think it'll and, be out before. It'll probably come out like right before. Yeah, but I mean, like, but then so, but the, the the timing is that the Dodgers are off Monday, but then the trade deadline's Tuesday. Mm-hmm. But and I, it's during the day, so like the Dodgers have a night game on Tuesday at home. Um, so like, pretty much by the game, it'll be resolved. Like I think I think the trade deadline's at three p.m. Pacific, if I'm not mistaken, and they play at seven. So like, yeah, but but you know like. They don't always happen on deadline day, like. Stuff sure, no, and uh, in fact, a little spoiler: we have a question from Craig that uh, leans into that a little bit. But I'm oh. just saying that we'll be we'll have an episode to go over the pre-deadline trades and then preview, perhaps, you know, yeah. if nothing has occurred, what what uh, if there's any smoke around uh, what could occur. Sure, sure, yeah. The uh, it will say like I'm sure the the rumor mill um, will be in. In full swing, and, and not it just felt like, really quiet. And again, I think a lot of that outside of people just throwing things against the wall uh, with yeah. Otani, it's been really quiet. And I think so much of that is no one. It, you can only identify identify a really few amount of sellers, and yeah. then there's a good number of could be maybe give it a week. 
yeah, Mets looking pretty bad. They're they're definitely going to be sellers at least to a point. I know uh, a lot with, with them. What comes up is like, oh, they also have like Justin Verlander and uh, Max Scherzer, each making like forty three million a year. Um, but like, a they're neither one are pitching particularly well, and it would take a it would take a lot to like. Like I don't, obviously the Dodgers are, would be in the market for whatever, but I have a hard time envisioning a scenario where they're like, "Yeah, we'll we'll take that on because it's for next year too." Like at least, mm-hmm. so like that that's a that's a tall ask. So, but like, but like the Mets have a lot of like other pieces. We'll we'll get to it. But like, yeah, there's just a lot of. You're right. It's there are some clear like sellers, but. You also have to wait a little bit because they're they don't want to just jump at the first offer. They're going to wait and see who who sort of comes to them that that sort of thing. So we've been talking about this. This team has been in need, uh, good team, but still obvious holes uh, for a while now. So we've brought it up, knowing that possibly not much would happen until the actual deadline or closer to it. And when we talked about a port, it, it seemed like they could use a right-handed bat, bullpen help, and starting rotation help. But it really looks like a front-line-ish starter has really sort of crystallized as the number, the the need. And the, right. the uh, like, I'm sure they will try to add elsewhere, especially in the bullpen, since it tends to be one of the easier things to trade for. But that's the need. Yeah, it, it's the glaring need, like. Um, and just as from a relative standpoint, like it's weird because they, they, it's still, it's like a very glaring need. And it's been clear it's a glaring need like this week, even. That said, the Dodgers have, have won, uh, five series in a row. And they're, I think they're 18 and eight in their last 26 games. They have a four game lead now in the division. So, like, they're playing well. Like, that, mm-hmm. that's just, but at the same time, it's, they're also like, they're on a heater, like offense wise, like their bullpen is as bad as they've been. Like they pitch really well for the last like four weeks or something. And like once those start to dip a little bit, then like the the sort of gaping starting pitching holes are going to like really come back to like haunt them, I think. But um, so they're they just finished the road trip. They they were in three cities. This we recorded after the Mets series last week, but. All three cities went the same way in New York, Baltimore, Texas. Win the first two, dropped the last game. In in the two American League cities, the two last games were clunkers. Like, <laughs> just, and, and like it's weird because Julio Urias, right? Like he's he's not like he's the, he should be the guy at the top. And like, oh, he's the steady guy. Nope, <laughs> nothing <laughs> like. Uh, he had like two good starts um, uh, since like his first sort of clunker back out the IL, and then after the win in New York, he's like, he told Dave Roberts, "quote Vacation time is over," <laughs> and uh, and then he gave up eight runs to the Orioles. So like, uh, what a weird thing. And then Emmett Sheehan, the rookie, gave up eight runs on Sunday in Texas. The Dodgers were up uh, for nothing in um, Sunday's game because Max Muncy hit a grand slam. He, like Max Muncy, who has been struggling quite a bit at the plate recently, he's been hitting. Like they, everyone was hitting this week, pretty much. But like even so, like to show you how sort of bad the starting pitching was, they allowed 28 runs in 29 and two thirds innings, right? But you're like, well, yeah, but they had those two eight inning starts, right, or eight run starts. Even if you remove those, the starting pitchers in the other four games had a 514 ERA. So, like, it's not good. Yeah. Like you mentioned, I think they're, they're, I think they're definitely going to trade for a reliever as well. But, like, the bullpen just generally has kind of righted itself. Like, Phillips, Gratterall, Ferguson at the back end, pretty, pretty clear, like, pretty solid for the most part. They had obviously that one blip on the, the road trip in Cincinnati. And Philadelphia was like a rough week, but other than that, those three have been really good. Alex Vesia, Yancy Almonte, terrible starts of the year. They've been pretty good for like a like for Almonte like over a month. Vesia like the last like two two three weeks since he's returned, looking solid. Like that's that's also like if you have like those five as like the base, 
and they just sort of figure out around them, I think that's that they're in like a good spot. But like it's pretty clear, right? Like the um, where the starting rotation as as we stand at the moment, you know, there's still three rookies in the rotation, um, and that's like I'm also like discounting somewhat right now because, you know, again, Urias at the top spot has been not what you would expect and and for him like has to be like insanely disappointing like this is his walk year right like mm-hmm. he, he's going into free agency with this season like that's he i mean he could still finish strong and do fine but like he has to kind of do that at this point but also like tony gonsolin is like the you know the next guy and like he's had issues like all year where it's like it's they're like well He's having trouble recovering between starts. His velocity's been down at times. He was shaky a little bit. Like, he's fine, but also, like, it seems like every year there's always something, like, at the end of the year, either he's not quite right or um, it gets to the point where he's just been bad, like, in October. So, like, they need him to be, like, in a good spot, like, healthy going into October. You can't be like, well, we have Gonsal, and that's a given. No, it is very much not. Like, and he's... He's like the number two right now. Like, just I'm going off active roster, right? Bobby Miller of the three rookies, I would say he's the one uh, rookie you would even consider starting in October. And like, he he has the stuff obviously to do it. He's been up and down a little bit, but like also pretty like solid base. Uh, if if he can sort of pick it up a little bit, I think he he's in a good spot. Um, Michael Grove, who starts Monday, has a 640 ERA. Emmett Sheehan, uh, after his eight runs Sunday, has a 675 ERA. Noah Syndergaard has pitched two times on a rehab assignment so far with Oklahoma City. I think five innings both times, but he was obviously terrible in the majors this year. And like, it's it's not really sure if he's going to be like if they feel he's going to be like major league ready once his rehab's done. Ryan Pepio is basically in like a second spring training coming back from his oblique. He's not built up yet. And then like Clayton Kershaw probably going to be back within the next like two weeks. Like by the time we record next week, he probably, he, he definitely will not have started by then, but he's probably going to be closer. So it seems now like we, because last week there was a little bit, not confusion, but just like it was a little surprising that they're like, Oh, he's not going to be back till August. We're like what? Like that wasn't, that wasn't the plan. But now it seems pretty clear that they are they are sort of backing their way into that. That this was like like a planned thing. Um, so he threw two bullpen sessions this week, one in uh, Baltimore, one in Texas. Originally, the plan was for a three inning sim game at Dodger Stadium on Monday. That's where you face hitters, um, and it's usually the the the, next, the last step either before a rehab assignment or in this case for him. He, he could have been, like, activated after that, if not pitched another sim game and then activation. But, like, they changed that. That, that was Friday when that sort of came out about Monday. And then, uh, I believe, Saturday, they're like, well, we're actually, just because of, like, the timing, we're going to make Monday's thing an extended bullpen session where he's basically doing the equivalent of pitching an inning sitting and then pitching at least part of another inning we call it an up and down or whatever um and then the sim game would be after that then on sunday robert said they're even pushing back the bolt that bullpen session for a few days he's not having a setback um they are basically just lining up to when when they want him to start and it seems clear like this coming week they're off thursday the 27th and then and then monday the 31st so I and then they play like thirteen days in a row. So I think it's going to happen in that like first run of games in the first week of August. Like, um, so it's just a matter of when they sort of back in. So you figure if he does a bullpen session, say Wednesday, and then maybe a, a three inning simulated game like Saturday or Sunday, then he's probably starting by the next like Friday or Saturday or something. So mm-hmm. it, that's sort of the timing on where he's at. But it seems like fine. He hasn't had any. Um, hasn't reported any like soreness since the like the cortisone shot. He feels fine, uh, so I think they're just sort of, you know, easing him back in or whatever. So Kershaw's going to take one of those spots, obviously in the rotation. They still need to fill. I think fill the one of the other ones. I, I think Grove is better served like um, if he's on in the major league roster in the bullpen. Stuff's really good, but 
struggles like deeper into the game right so, and being able to kind of go a little more full throttle and also yeah, just exactly. and, and the nice thing about that is that that he has shown some effectiveness and sort of a limited when he's had those shorter outings it alleviates the need to add perhaps multiple arms to the bullpen in addition to the fact that they've just been better lately right and also and he would he would sort of give them that like like a hybrid um uh, not just a one inning guy. Like he, right. he could do a two inning thing with him in, or and not or a three inning thing. thing. Mm-hmm. They that they they, they I, that's one said. Like so they had a couple situations this week in in, in blowout wins where they're just not equipped for a three inning save right now, and it, it's it's but hurting. I'm saying this right. could change. Get, no, a, good, get right. a starter I, in there. Get another reliever. Blowout yeah. game. Three inning save. Michael Grove. So we'll be here um, to report on it. I just. A very brief, like, overview. I think the most likely type that the Dodgers trade for are the ones who are going to be, like, pending free agents, starting pitchers. Like Shohei Otani. Yeah, well, exactly, <laughs> yeah. And uh, you, do you, are you an effectively wild podcast listener? I, I, uh, I, I subbed to or did sub to it, and then it fell off for yeah. some reason. It just, it's... Yeah. A little too free. I don't. I don't have. I don't have LA traffic anymore, so I don't have right. the opportunity to uh, and you, uh, the obvious opportunity to do podcasts as much anymore. You're raising two small children as well. You have well. That actually life. helps yeah. because it's oh, like I, can... sometimes I have to be carrying the smallest one around, and I can't do it in my hand. So in theory, I've been listening to um, some NDA podcasts in that time. But you know, uh, getting to the point where I might need might need to add a effectively wild back to the rotation. Effectively, Wild had a fun episode. I think it was Friday, um, where they had they sort of play acted a um, various GMs um, trying to trade with Perry Manasian for for Shohei Otani. Ben Clemens was Perry Manasian, and then the the conceit was um, other the other GMs would call in. Like um, I think Andy McCullough was um, um, the Cleveland uh, Antonetti or whatever. And uh, like they just had a, a bunch of like national writers call it. It was a pretty fun little back and forth. And then they spliced in old quotes of like Artie Moreno. Oh. They ultimately <laughs> didn't do like I think they agreed to a deal with the Diamondbacks uh, for a four-player deal. But then once Manasian ran it up to Artie Moreno, they played played it out where he he said no. Yeah. And so, but it was it was like a it was a fun exercise. That was but my question: like, who's playing Moreno? Because that like you have to think. Yeah, the Dodgers like it, the Dodgers and Angels. That's a nice little lineup. Dodgers have a deep system, all pitch, lots of right. you know, lots of good arms. Uh, but the idea that Artie would ever trade to the Dodgers, uh, Shohei specifically, uh, and then just generally, uh, seems not likely. Um, before we get into the other other like reasonable Dodger targets, rather than sort of the fanciful uh, Otani situation. Today, Sunday was um, the Angels' last home game before the trade deadline, and like I think all the the media, Luca Evans from the LA Times was there. He posted a picture where like all the media covering the Angels like lined up for a picture because they thought it was going to be like a bittersweet day because it's the last home game uh, for Otani potentially with the Angels. It's like that's a weird vibe, man. Like. like, But uh, I just thought that was that was interesting. Um, But yeah, so like. There's a few like white the White Sox Lucas Giolito um, from Harvard Westlake. Uh, also, Jack Flaherty is from Harvard Westlake. I have him on the list. But like Giolito specifically, um, he struck out nine in five scoreless innings Sunday. He's got a three seventy nine ERA. He's been like durable and like um, out. He had like a, I think a bad year last year, but he has been mostly above average throughout his career, and I think that's just what they just need like a dependable dude, like you know, in there sort of fortifying things. And like if he if he like can improve a little bit, like he's also someone who could reasonably start in October, like if you if you had it, like that sort of thing. Um, Jordan Montgomery is pro- is like in that group too with the Cardinals. Um, he's a lefty. He's a free agent. Um, he allowed, he actually allowed seven runs on Sunday in six innings, but hey, six innings <laughs> they need those innings, right? Like, uh, but he also has a 337 area, he's been really good. Those are two pending free agents, they're both making about 10 million, um, roughly. Jack Flaherty's like half that, also going to be a free agent. Terrible start earlier this year, 
but he has like a 331 ERA in his last 11. He's gone at least six innings in his last five starts. He's been good in the past. There's been a lot of like injury concern and other stuff, but like, you know, for, for a two month thing, it's possible. Um, Mike DiGiovanna at the LA Times the other day mentioned Marcus Stroman. He seems like, you know, it, I guess it depends what the Cubs do. They seem to be playing decently well. Some they might not even sell, but also it's a situation where he, so he's not even a free agent at the beginning of the year. He could be because he has an opt out clause, but um, he has a 309 ERA and 21 starts. Um, so he, his, he's making 21, he's making 25 million this year, 21 million next year. But if he get, adds 22 more innings this year, it goes up to 23 million. But again, he could opt out. Um, he'd be the most expensive of sort of this like subgroup. Um, be about like eight, a little over eight million remaining. Um, if the if he gets acquired, you know, by August first, so like the others are are less than half that. Like so, the Dodgers could absorb that, and it wouldn't from a luxury tax perspective. Like it would get them like close to the. I, the, I think they have to do some work to get all the way to forty million over, which would drop their draft pick. But again. They would factor that in, like as a cost, right? They're not going to be like, well, like it's it's all part of it's all part of the calculus. But like, I think they could still afford that and like other stuff. But um, yeah, that's that, that's sort of where there, there's there's others obviously too, like uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, I think of the Tigers. But yeah, I think we're going to see like in the next week or so, like just what what names sort of emerge. But but also just given the timing, right? Like. Giolito and um, Montgomery both pitched Sunday. Now, you could, like, get a jump on it, right, and try to trade for them by the weekend. Like, so I don't know I don't know what the off-day situations for those teams are, but let's say they're either going to be scheduled to start, like, Friday or Saturday next weekend. So, like, do you try to swing a trade before then? So, like, you, you like, don't have to wait? Or, or you, I don't know. I don't know how, you, how, how aggressive you get. Well, just as an example for this, right, like, Emmett Sheehan is scheduled to start Saturday. Um, and I was thinking, like, watching his start Sunday, I'm like, well, they're just going to option him on Monday and figure out Saturday when they get to Saturday. But, like, hearing Dave Roberts' post game again, not in Texas, but just what was shown on Sportsnet LA, he was, like, talking about how he does have to, like, sort of improve and get better. But he's like, yeah, when he make sure when he goes out there in five or six days, like, he just sort of flippantly threw it out there, like, that doesn't guarantee he's starting, but like that's they're talking about him like as if he's going to make another start. Um, so like, but let's say if you if you were to acquire like Lucas Giolito this week, he could be the one starting Saturday. You know, like, mm-hmm. but again, you don't you don't you're not rushing it just so you can get a guy for Saturday, right? Like, you want to make sure it's the right deal, all that kind of stuff. So it, that might prevent such a thing from happening but hey if they want to do it before we record our our podcast next week hey cool that'd be great um so it remains to be seen i think they're probably they they probably still will also trade for a hitter Mm -hmm. but man they are they were hitting this last (laughs) week freddie freeman is in one of his like nuclear zones um he was 14 out of 24 for this week um Max Muncy hit three home runs, drove in 10. Um, Will Smith was like 12 for 26, like somehow seemingly quietly. Um, J.D. Martinez drove in nine. They averaged nearly nearly nine runs a game. They even have a new celebration for big hits. Have you Did you see that? I'm sure you've I seen did. that. I did. Yeah. So, so Muncy, who, yeah, he, where Jacob is doing the, the wiggle or the Freddie Freeman or whatever we're calling it. Um Muncie lives in Dallas. He had a birthday party for his daughter on the off day Thursday. And a bunch of the team was there. And he had, like, family there, too. I noticed in the picture that John Suhu posted on Instagram, Corey Seager and his wife were there, too. And now, <laughs> I don't, like, that's not that, like, I'm sure some people are going to be, oh, why are you fraternizing with the other team? Like, but, like, I don't think Corey's it's Corey's only there to scout signs. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's right. He's getting he's getting inside scouting. He's like, hey, uh, how you how you guys doing on the first pitch fastball (laughs) no they're just like friends right and but it's just i just i just know happened to notice i was like oh hey Corey seager's there cool like but it was just pretty funny but um so apparently it happened like at this sort of uh, get together 
And they, I guess they've been pressing Freeman because they were making fun of for uh, the, the back in June on one of the home off days, they had a, like the Dodger Stadium annual gala. I think it like raises money for stuff. And um, um, one of the clips that went, I think, viral that uh, uh, Freddie Freeman dancing where he just he was just sort of stuck with his hands in the air and he's just kind of waving him. So they, they started doing that. We, they're like, we have to do that. That's our new song. So then it, <laughs> they broke it out Friday and they they kept hitting and like, <laughs> they kept having reasons to do it. And it was really funny. Um, so I thought, I thought that was great. However, like as as much as they're hitting. So, oh, by the way, the person who led the team in batting average this last week was Jake Marizic because he was two for two. But he only batted twice because he injured his hamstring on Tuesday. So he's out for at least three weeks. We said, like, when they acquired him, like, they they still need a right-handed hitter. He's a right-handed hitter, but, like, more – he's more of a defensive guy. Um, but, like – and then, again, Mookie Betts, who, um, you know, started at second every day but one on the road trip um, – his versatility sort of helps them. They don't have to get um, an infielder. They can acquire an outfielder and just have him play more second base uh, or whatever. But like uh, Chris Taylor, sort of the, the wild card in all this is Chris Taylor, right? Cause he's, he's been really good against lefties. They don't want to ride him a lot cause he, he's coming off of a, a knee injury, a right bone bruise in his right knee. He also fell to pitch up his left knee the other day. So I don't see a situation where they're going to just like play him a ton. So they're going to be judicious. So I think they're still going to go after a right-handed hitter. Um, so one thing I noticed, um, Bobby and our at the athletic, uh, he, he wrote on Saturday reported that the Dodgers are monitoring the Mets um, who, uh, as we record this are seven games under 500. They're way back in the wild card race. I think it's seven and a half games at the moment. And that's just from the wild card. Um, among the names uh, Fabian Ardai mentioned from the Mets are right-handed hitting outfielders Tommy Pham and Mark Canna. Um, both are free agents after the year. He also mentioned reliever David uh, yeah, David Robertson. Um, and I've been clamoring for this for a couple years because that would, that would mean Dave Roberts manages Dave Roberts' son. Uh, well, and it's all the timing would be ironic, too, because Dave Roberts' actual son, Cole Roberts, uh, went to LMU. And um, he was a non-drafted free agent who signed with the Diamondbacks. So, like, it's going to take a while for Dave Roberts to manage Dave Roberts' actual son. But he could manage <laughs> Dave Roberts' son now. So I am 100% rooting for the Dodgers to trade for the Mets for that reason and that reason only. Not to mention that Robertson's actually a, a good, like a solid right-handed reliever who could, who could probably help. Um, but back to the offense for a second. So Freddie Freeman um, – he scored 13 runs in six games this week. <laughs> so on the season, he's up to 85 runs in 98 games. That's a, a blistering pace. He's on pace for 141 runs on the season. My question to you is who holds the L.A. Dodgers record for runs scored in a single season? Take a break while I think on that. I have a couple of guesses written down. Uh, hopefully one of those is right so I don't have to think of a third. And we'll do that after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Who holds the record for most runs scored by a Los Angeles Dodger in a that's season? Right. right? That's that's yep. it. All right. First guess is Maury Wills. You nailed it. Yes. <laughs> so I, I was thinking about different ways to ask this. I had forgotten. So la, um, when I when I was first thinking to ask you this question, in my head, I thought. Because Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts tied for the National League lead in runs scored last year, mm -hmm. but they tied at 117. In my head, I thought Freeman was over 120. He was 120 in 2021 with the Braves too. So, like, I was going to ask who was the last Dodger to score 120 runs twice in a row. Um, I think actually might be 
the only one in the mo- yeah the only one in the modern era to do it. That was actually Duke Snyder in 1954, 1955, but he didn't get it. So like, um, yeah. So there, the other way I was going uh, with this was there's only been four Dodgers to score 120 runs, four LA Dodgers, excuse me, to score 120 runs in a season. Maury Wills was first in 1962 with 130. Um, Tommy Davis that same year, 120. Uh, Sean Green in 2001, 121, and then Cody Bellinger in 2019 scored 121. So yeah, that, that's that's a lot of runs. Um, I'm looking at the the list now, including Brooklyn. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if you had asked me to Hub name Collins, Hub Collins. <laughs> yeah, Hub, so Hub I Collins and just put the headset down in, <laughs> in 1890. Um, he scored 148 runs in the Dodgers' first year in the National League. Um, the other. Uh, I guess the the more the modern record is Babe Herman in 1930, when like you know every team scored 11 runs a game or whatever. Uh, he scored 143 that year. But yeah, only other uh, people besides that um, in the modern era to score 130 are are Maury Wills and then Pee Wee Reese 132 in 1949 and Duke Snyder. Uh, 132. But I had uh, Duke Snyder on my, as my third guest. Uh, Davy Loves yeah. is going to be my second. Uh, but crossed him off, figuring that if he did it, it would have been in Brooklyn. Um, oh, so yeah. I'm, I'm oh, man. That good been... about There's, no, I you... was wondering where Zach Wheat was. There he is. 125. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, you, 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 yeah, you, um, you nailed that one. I'm, nice. I'm good with that. And you know what's fun? Uh, on this list as well, I actually thought, again, just thinking of now, like, I mean, uh, Wee Willie Killer Keeler came up in my mind nice. a little bit ago. Uh, I think because I was trying to think of Harvey Keen for an Immaculate Grid thing, uh, uh, which you have gotten me addicted to. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Speaking of addicting games, it's time for Eric to get trivia questions from our friend Craig Manami because it's time for... Questions from Craig. More addicting than Candy Crush questions from Craig. I was going to uh, also mention that uh, we'll have a Dodgers Rewind coming later this week um, that is somewhat uh, inspired directly from Immaculate Grid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, I like it. Uh, it'll te- see, I'm teasing the next episode. People have got to listen because they, they love the Immaculate Grid. That's a good segue. All right. Max Muncy hit his third Grand Slam of the season on Sunday, which ties him for the most in Dodger history for one season. So this week's trivia question is about Dodger Grand Slams. I have to bring up my cheat sheet because I won't know these. Uh, Again, um, as as I I cut and paste Craig's questions into the notes, and I try to not read them, but I skim them, and I saw that portion. And considering I tweeted roughly two seconds after Max Muncy hit the Grand Slam, the list of Dodgers with three Grand Slams in a season, I was hoping to God that he was going to ask that question. Because <laughs> I'd be like, well, let me tell you. It's this. But no, sadly, no. All right. According yeah. to Baseball Reference, the Dodgers have hit 88 Grand Slams at Dodger Stadium. Can Eric mm-hmm. name the four Dodgers who have hit four or more Grand Slams at Chavez Ravine? Okay. Um... Okay, so let's let's go first with oh boy, um, let's go with Matt Kemp. Incorrect. I oh. think I recall Matt Kemp's first Grand Slam because Vince Scully had the call of Matt Kemp does not have a Grand Slam yet, and then the second he says yet, he cranks it against the Rockies. I think. Okay, so like I'm trying to gotta look that up. What do you think? So I know. So like all-time Grand Slams, Gil Hodges has fourteen, but he he did not play at Dodger Stadium. So, oh no, he did in nineteen sixty-two. But like, yeah, um, I'm trying to think. So, but oh, so on that list, the reason I brought up that list like a week ago was because Chris Taylor also hit a Grand Slam last week. So he has six. I know. Uh, two of them are this year. One was at home. Um, I can remember specifically another one he hit on the road, and I can't remember where his other ones were. So I, I'm not going with him. So I'm I'm stalling. Uh, I, let me, I think um, let me go with Cody Bellinger here. 
Uh, Cody Bellinger leads with five home runs. Wow. Okay. Um, so now I'm I'm having trouble. So I. Hmm. This is bad. Um, what about? This is terrible. Um, I I don't even think he has. It would have to be very concentrated. But I, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna guess Andre Ethier. No. Okay. So okay. Let's go. Let's go to the well then. Uh, Mike Piazza. Mike Piazza has four. You're missing two names. Oh yeah. So but before I go back to the other ones, but um, for the Mike Piazza is one of the folks who had three grand slams in a season, but his season was. 1998, which is remarkable because he was <laughs> traded in May and all, all three of them were hit in April. Um, but okay, so uh, let's think here and go. Uh, let's go, Adrian Beltre. Nope. Oh. All right. Um, this sucks. Um, <laughs> I'm ha- I'm having trouble like remembering the other names on the all time list, so I'm just gonna say this because I just want to say his name, uh, Cal Daniels. No. All right. You done? Giving up? Yeah. All right. I have to look up. It's uh, <laughs> I lost my cheat sheet again. It's uh, Dusty Baker. Nice. And Steve Garvey. Garvey, nice. The Dodgers played 253 games at Shea Stadium. And hit one grand slam. I'll give Eric four guesses. Can Eric name this player who hit that singular home run? What? Um, four guesses. Grand slam at Shea Stadium. Oh God. Okay. I I don't I don't have any like context to to like try to think of this. Um, I'm just gonna say. Only because I know his cycle was at Shea. I'm going to say Wes Parker. Nope. Later, later than that. I'm going to give you that nice. one hint. All right. Um, <laughs> um, I'm just. I'm going to go obscure on these. Uh, Joe Ferguson. Nope. Um. I, I don't know why I'm. I just. Uh, let's go, Pedro Guerrero. Nope. I'm going to let you know the answer is a Dodgers rewind subject. <laughs> Come on. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Your last guess. So there's there's a lot of those. Um, <laughs> wait, is it Zach Wheat? No. Um, we haven't done Zach Wheat yet. We should. It's, it's true. Um, I know we're like, hey, the Dodgers should honor their Brooklyn people. Why don't you do Dodgers rewind? Shut up. Um, anyway. <laughs> Um, Dodgers rewind going through the mental Rolodex here. Someone who I, I have to go obscure because I, I can't think of it. So I'm just going to say Mike Sharperson, Robin Ventura. I almost <laughs> said him because it was last week and we he hits a lot of grand slams. Come on, oh, yeah. Oof. There have been four pinch hit grand slams in the 2000s. Can Eric name these grand slam pinch hitters? I have hints for you if you want them. Um, so I have not, I have not read the hints. I can see the notes, but I have not read the hints. One famously is Manny Ramirez on his bobblehead night against Nick Massey yep. of the Reds. Um, pinch hit grand slams. Um, and that is where I check out. Um, in the okay, 2000s. Um, I thought he, hmm, I think he was starting this game, but I'm just gonna say it anyway. Steve Finley, uh, he was starting that game, yeah. How do you know which game I'm talking about now? Um, <laughs> um, um uh, also, <laughs> yeah, okay. I for a second I was like, wait, oh, that was in the 2000s. <laughs> Thank god, okay. <laughs> Uh, I'm not going completely insane. Um, pinch hit grand slam. Um, nope, that, he was starting that game. Uh, oh, what about? Um, nope. Matt Kemp. 
Matt Kemp has one, not the one in question that I'm trying to find a clip of and I what, can't find. What, what, was that the was was his grand slam against the Cardinals? It was at uh, City Field against the Mets. Oh, okay. So you've got two. You got two more. I have tenths. I think. Uh, I don't think. Uh, uh, the other the other hint is not going to help too much they were done on back to back games oh boy um pinch hit grand slams um yeah um, I, I don't i don't have any is there another give, hint i'll give yeah. you i'll give you a hint one is a yeah. dodgers rewind subject Robin Ventura. Correct. That's why. <laughs> if you had so not, so I think I'm pretty sure his was in 04 against Arizona. Yeah, it was the it, we talked oh, about. Oh, El- Almeida signs. Yeah, there right? you go. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Finally, our own, listening to our own words <laughs> helps. <laughs> Uh, yeah, maybe he planted that question. Just was like, are are you listening to every episode, listener? <laughs> Okay. Moving the Grand Slams allowed by Dodger pitchers. We all know that Fernando Tetis hit two Grand Slams in the same inning against Chano Park. But there are two players who have hit three career Grand Slams against the Dodgers. One of them, one of them is Hall of Famer Johnny Bench, who is, uh, uh, who is the other opponent uh, who was feared when the bases are loaded. Three Grand Slams against the Dodgers. Um, he, I have a baseball reference table. Uh, in the answer sheet uh, that lists the pitchers that allowed these three home runs. And I got really confused. And this would be a small hint because one of the pitchers was Randy Wolf. I'm like, Randy Wolf hit three grand slams. What is, <laughs> huh? Oh boy. Um, grand slams. Um, so if it's okay, so that means he, one of the grand slams was off Randy Wolf in 2009. Um, a little hint, nice little. Hint. Yeah, but I, <laughs> I don't have any remembrance of him allowing <laughs> grand slam. Um, so just trying to think of that sort of era. Here's let's, a, let's, I have a fun oh. hint if you want it. Uh, but let me let me think. So, Go so I'm gonna I'm gonna first say, I'm I'm just gonna say, um, Troy Tulowitzki, but I, I, it's nope. nothing. Yeah, my hint is that this player did it uh, as a player on three different teams. Oh, okay. And I'll give you those teams as your next hint if you want it. All right, three different teams. Um, <laughs> oh nine, and then after. Uh, oh boy, that who? Okay, team jumpers. Think here. Um, 09, the Dodgers were battling. Um, I don't know. He wouldn't have done it. I. Th- oh, okay. I, I'm my the only person I can think of with three teams for some reason in this scenario is Prince Fielder. Incorrect. The teams are yeah. Arizona, Atlanta. The San Diego Padres. That's where I, I kind of lose it. Um, oh, wait, Arizona. Uh, that's um, Justin Upton. There you go. Well nice. done. That was a fun little wrinkle oh, there. Yeah. That was you did. Um, you've done better. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right. I had a few singles on that Grand Slam question. We, uh, we uh, previewed this question a little bit for the contest. Will the number of players that will be added to the Dodger 40-man roster by the start of next Sunday's game, so before the deadline, well before, a few days before the deadline, be zero, less than three, or three or higher? Okay, so, oh, added to the 40-man. Okay, yeah. um, so that doesn't, that precludes, like, options or whatever. Um I have my guess. I have By the start of Nixon, number I, 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 I think it's pretty clearly zero. Uh, yeah. Nice. So, uh, all right. There we go. We're both saying zero. <laughs> no I'm putting contest. It down. I'm putting it down so we oh, can both have Yeah, Craig, Craig can take the field. How about that? That's, that's Craig right. gets bragging yeah. rights. Where did it go? Where did it go? There it is. Eric, can uh, are there any other prospects that you think will be called up this season? And what are your thoughts of a Walker Bueller sighting in September? 
So Bueller's been throwing pens, um, throwing in Arizona. Like he said, he wants to come back in September as a starter. I don't think that's feasible. I, I guess it depends how he's looking or whatever. But and I, you know, you know, I could see him being kind of the start of a bullpen game. You could you could talk me into that. Yeah, and, and, and he could also be a three inning guy or what? Like yeah, so like yeah, yeah, like three inning I, save I, Walker Bueller. Oh my god! Still my heart. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine closing out playoff series with a three inning save? Oh. <laughs> uh. Anyway, um, no, I, I, yeah, I'm, I am cautious like that, you know, everything has to go right and stuff, but like, I think he is someone potentially who could help. And like the, the most realistic of like the, all the long-term injury group of, of pitchers who are sort of, uh, rehabbing and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Like, I think he's, he has the, the most potential upside, but I, I, I think like it's, it'd be hard pressed to, just think like he's going to be guy all of a sudden he's starting again and right. he's in the you know the rotations i think it'd be more limited role this year but you know maybe who knows but i i think yeah i, I think he's someone who could who could play a role but um yeah what about the, see what about the prospects any prospects oh. do you see uh called up um i i think I guess it depends how they sort of maneuver some of these deals because if they let's let's say they do add like three players, right? Like a starter, a reliever, and a hitter. Then you also have to clear three forty man spots. Some of the players on the forty man are probably gonna be ones who get traded. Um Landon Knack not on the forty man. Also pretty good starting option if they had to. I guess it depends what who gets traded, what starter they get. Because you could see a scenario where they're even if they trade for a guy, something happens in August or whatever, where they just need a couple a spot start or something. Like I guess depending on how like Emma Sheehan's doing or how Gavin Stone are doing, they could but I think it's Landon Knack is probably my guess for like n- next guy in that sort of realm. So I I would probably say him. All right. Which has been the most which has been more amazing this season. Freddie Freeman's attempt to reach the one OPS, thousand OPS strata of Ugh. hitting I know you hate it when I do that, so I do it every time. Of hitting or the sight of Mookie Betts playing infield being the norm. The Mookie Betts yeah, it has to be. Yeah. Just like I, Freddie Freeman hitting a uh, thousand OPS just for your yeah. uh, like, ooh, that's you know, up up there on his tier, but not shocking at all. Uh, whereas Mookie Betts being able to more than a gimmick play, not just second short is, is a like, what? <laughs> it and and I, I still think we're kind of taking it for granted. We're just like, Oh yeah, Mookie Betts. He does amazing things. Okay. Yeah. I'm, um, I had sort of always thought of it like, all right, play him occasionally at second base on a lark, make yeah. him happy, that kind of thing. <laughs> oh my God. He's actually pretty good at second. <laughs> like, you know, it's he's a remarkable player, but with Freddie Freeman. So as as we're recording this, he is at nine ninety seven um, uh, after Sunday's game. But what I'm looking for for him um, is a more refined stat called batting average, and he's hitting three thirty one. The quest to match Eddie Murray's one eighty one hundred eighty four <laughs> hits and five hundred fifty eight at bats in nineteen ninety, hitting exactly three thirty. It wasn't exactly but three thirty. That's what I'm looking for because they're mm-hmm. the most similar players going. Um, so that's are you excited for Mookie Betts to become a two-way player like in like 38? He's just like, oh, by the way, I can pitch. Is that a valuable? Should I do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at that point, like maybe. So it, it's different because because at know, that like, point, when, Mookie uh, Shohei will have been on the team long enough to kind of teach him the tricks. <laughs> yeah, they, they sort of show. I, well, I was thinking that like the other way. So when, when Otani like had uh, elbow surgery, he still hit. Right, like, yeah. like, eventually he took some time off, but yeah. like he hit. Um, but like, I don't think you can go the other way. So like, I was trying to think of like a like some sort of hitting injury where he couldn't hit, but then like, you know, I'm gonna pitch right now while I'm rehabbing. <laughs> like that would be an amazing like turnaround. Like, but yeah, I that would uh, that'd be something. Broken finger on the non-throwing hand. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um. 
I saw a mention of George, uh, the George Foreman grill. I wonder what the mention was. And I was wondering, did you ever have that countertop appliance making you a snack or meal in the past? And when was the last time you thought about using it? I, I have one right now in my kitchen. <laughs> um, that said, I was trying to think about this because I did see this question. Um, it might have been a year since I last used it. Uh, there's a lot of uproar in the in the Birch household, the Birch Hill household, like we're thinking um, use the cough button. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're like George Foreman Grill. I'm so excited. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, um, I think it's been it's probably been at least a year since I've used it. I, I mostly use like a like a pan on the stove or something, or I would use it more. I think um, like for burgers, I'll just use the like a either cast iron or the nonstick pan or whatever that I have. I've used it mostly. It was either burgers or like um, chicken, right? I would just, because you can just put it and it does both sides. They don't have to flip it or whatever. But like, it's, it's kind of a mess. Like, it, I mean, it is convenient. Uh, I use it a lot, obviously, like in, um, in college and like post-college stuff. Um, but like now it's like, it's just easier to like do stuff on the stovetop or in the oven or whatever. And then the, like the cleanup is like easier rather than like taking those damn plates off and like having to wash them. And then I, I don't know, it, it, it's, it's more of a burden also you have to have counter space for it. Mm -hmm. Like I don't, so like it, 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 it's a little bit of a pain, um, but I, 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 I'm a fan. I'm a yeah, fan I think it's a, a, I, I've never owned one. Um, I've yeah. always been fortunate enough to have access to, a stovetop and at that point i was just more comfortable using that yeah um tangentially i would say the uh countertop appliance that's made the biggest difference is my sous vide machine you oh a sous -vide yeah machine if you don't have one eric it, I was, you'll never I was, make chicken another way chicken yeah specifically. I, I i've heard that's good I've, i'm also like um considering doing an air fryer our uh, uh, new oven because ours broke during thanksgiving uh, right. has an air fryer setting and that's been for frozen french fries oh a, yeah and leftover french fries leftover french uh, the, fries didn't used to be a thing and now i've, I've a thing. heard i've heard that as well i've heard uh buffalo wings come out great on there and then also for some some reason also uh, uh leftover pizza is great in there mm -hmm. which makes I have, yeah i, I haven't tried that. that i've just been using the oven i'll yeah. have to give that a shot next time yeah <laughs> so yeah um it's, uh, you know, if you have a George Foreman grill, um, go make a burger, make some chicken, um, you know, and then listen to the podcast and try to figure out uh, which player the Dodgers are going to add this week. So Jake and Mike, Jacob and Mike can be And listen wrong. to the upcoming Dodger Rewind so you can be ahead of the trivia questions well, coming That's up. right. Yeah, because Craig is, is sneaky and he mixes these <laughs> in. And I'm, I say now, no, we're not going to get fooled again, but I will absolutely get fooled again because I will forget. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, thank, thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Brian Salvatore for producing us and making us sound good. Well, reasonably good. And, um, as good as us. possible. Yeah. Uh, we'll see you next week uh, with the trade deadline to talk about. Maybe. Question. Maybe.